Welcome, welcome, welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. And each week, we talk about what's going on in the world. And as we talk about that, I let you know my thing is this, about what's going on in the world. Again, I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. Stay tuned, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. What's up, everybody? What's up, what's up? This is Troy Sampson. My thing is this podcast, this is a weekly show I try to do every Sunday, post on Monday, let you know what's going on, what I think is going on in the world, and what my thing is, is this about what's going on in the world. But today is Sunday, December 5th, 2021. I got a special guest on the line that's going to be joining us here shortly. Um, this brother I've known for quite some years, man, and uh, he's a deep brother, a good brother. And he got his own podcast going on. His podcast is the Six Man Podcast. It's on Anchor FM, Spotify, iTunes. The brother's got some real deep information he be sharing with everybody. Um, so I'm going to welcome my man, Kevin Williams, on. Say what's up, everybody, Kev. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? What's up, Troy? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thank you for being a guest on my show. I know you had, you had me on your show uh, I think sometime last month, maybe November. Um, yeah, November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You inspired me, bro, because you kicked off your show, man, and you know you shared your story on how you got started, and it inspired me. I'd been interested in podcasts, but never really knew how to get it started. So I reached out to you. You fed into me, poured into me, had me on your show. I listened to quite a few of your episodes, man. Deep stuff, great stuff, man. You're doing a lot of stuff for the community. So real quick, man, for those people. That are my little my small group of fans that might not know you. Just give us a brief bio of yourself, bro. Where you from? Where you at now? What you doing? So on and so forth. Oh, okay. Well, like uh, Troy just mentioned, y'all. Uh, my name is Kevin Williams. I'm better known as the Six Man. I actually had my own podcast called Real Talk with the Six Man. Um, I started that podcast back in August of 2018. So I've been going strong since then. Um, the inspiration behind. The podcast is just to inspire, educate, and allow others to be better than they were yesterday. Um, the motivation behind the podcast was about a young lady. Her name was Makaya Wilson. She was killed, gunned down in the Lincoln Heights area of Washington, D.C. Uh, back in 2018. And it just it just touched my heart. And I remember, um, you know, my pastor, Pastor Jenkins, was saying that, you know, if you see or hear something and, you know, you you, you empathize with it, you know, let, let it out. And I think that 
my podcast was one of those things that allowed myself to not al- not 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 alone let certain things out that I wanted to talk about, but it it, it was actually a um a form of therapy for myself, and I started letting out stuff that people didn't necessarily know about me on my show. And so uh, right now, um, again, like I say, the show is uh, going on for five five seasons. Um, I actually started a um, Facebook group along with the podcast um, last year. And it has now over um, eleven hundred members, and so I'm just I'm just out here trying to, you know, trying to do what I can, you know, for the community. I'm also a, um, a co-founder and president of a nonprofit called Type Inc., uh, teaching youth prosperity and excellence, um, and just you know, just trying to give back to the community as much as I can. I mean, I'm a guy that's from the street. Um, I, I've had my fair share of you know run-ins with the law certain things in the street but i feel like now i'm at the uh, mature mindset where i want to try to give back and correct some of the wrongs that i've done in my life so that's kind of you know the um the inspiration for the show and kind of what i'm doing now that's what's up that's what's up man so my man you know you've been doing a lot bro and like i said just watching you do your thing man from the sidelines man and just soaking in information you're willing to share man just your story in general um it's been inspiring to me man i've always you know i like to talk Kind of like you, I like to talk, but I just really didn't know what was the best form to get into. And then you came along with your podcast, man, and how you shared your story, how you first started out, man, which was just posting stuff online and just saying how you felt. And people started yeah. picking up on it, and yeah. you just turned it into a podcast. And so I reached out to you. I went and got a bunch of equipment, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do with this equipment. And so I just started doing some YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, and then started putting together, you know, some little stuff behind the scenes format and stuff like that. YouTube um, University, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. YouTube University, and just started putting some things together, man, and you know, trying to come up with some topics. And so, you know, with this week just ending, man, it's been a lot going on. There's a few topics that I want to get into and pick your okay. brain on them just to see okay. if you've been paying attention to them. One is the shooting up in Michigan with the kid, um, you know, everything that went down with that. Um, the the I don't know if you saw it, but you know, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, had the the, the social media chick on uh, to talk to his team. Um, I right saw that. Yeah, you saw that. You know, Brittany yeah, Renner. I saw that. And I thought then, that was. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I thought so too. And we we're gonna dig into that. And then uh, there's something you know, because I'm a special needs dad, so special needs is at my heart because I have a son living with autism and ADHD. And so each week when I do this show, I try to incor- incorporate something or at least one topic on disability. And one of them that came out was the Department of Justice released a study that they did or report that they did on Frederick County public schools up here in Maryland and how, you know, their school system had these seclusion rooms for kids with disabilities and how they were going overboard and abusing that. And so I'll dig into that a little bit. Yeah. I'll dig into that a little bit later. And so, Right now, I just want to pick your brain since you mentioned, you know, Coach Prime, and that was a good topic. What do you think about him bringing in Brittany Renner to talk to his kids, man? Give me your thoughts on that. So, I mean, I honestly think that everything that Coach Prime is doing as well as um, Eddie George is going to do for the HBCU is great. I mean, these were longtime um, football um, superstars, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe both of them have yellow jackets, if I'm if I'm I might be mistaken about that. I think Eddie George has a yellow jacket too. I yeah, think. they're both in the Hall of Fame. So they both in the Hall of Fame. So they 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 bring they bring a certain type of experience on the football field to the HBCU. And I think these kids see that they're black and that they 
are established that I think that gives the kids a certain amount of respect for them off the break. I mean, similar to what's going on with the Washington football team, I think Ron Rivera brings a certain respect because he played the game. So I think these young kids can see um, and respect that what they're doing. But I think Prime is now switching it. Prime is like, okay, but this is what you need to look out for once you start getting this money. This is what you need to start looking out for before you go to the league. I mean, so I, I love the fact that he's he's bringing them. It's almost like when people talk to you and they say, you know, like like for instance, when I when I talk about the youth, I, I, I hear a lot of people say that. You know, how well, how do we get to them? I say, well, we got to go to them. And I think Prime is going to them in a way where they understand. I mean, because this is a this is an IG person that's got a lot of followers on IG. And I'm pretty sure everybody in that room knew her. And for her for her to come in the room and kind of explain the lifestyle that's going on, you know, once guys are in the limelight, I think it gives them something to think about. And I mean, and if it's coming from Coach Prime, they know it's serious. I mean, because we all watch him, you know, on draft night and you know, his whole career, you know, throughout the league. And so I think it's a fantastic idea to get these guys prepared, you know, fully prepared. I know that I know that the um that that college prepares them for the game, you know, on the field, but it doesn't necessarily prepare them for what happens in the NFL when they start getting them checks and getting them contracts and you know, all of that money is theirs and they gotta kind of figure out how to juggle all this money, you know, hire the right people around them to, you know, make sure that the money is going to the right place. So I think everything that he's doing, including you know, bringing these IG, you know, personalities to these kids and talking to them, I think is a great thing, man. I think it's great. Yeah, and one of the things that people don't, and I, I thought that, I thought what he did was brilliant. And, of course, you know, the first time I saw it was on IG. Somebody posted it. I think one of the sports IG accounts posted it. And, of course, you know, I always like to read the comments, man, to see what people, just to see what people's thought process is. And a lot of people is dragging Coach Prime and her. Like, yep. why is he doing this? And, yep. you know, she ain't this and she ain't that. You know, Kev, my perspective on it is this. What Here's the first thing people don't understand about her. Yeah, the media, she's blown up in the media with the P.J. Washington thing, right? But what yeah. people don't, a lot of people don't realize is she's an alumni of Jackson State. She plays soccer at Jackson State. As a matter of fact, she was a SWAC player of the year back in, I think, 2010 in soccer. She led them to the SWAC championship in soccer. So it's not like she's coming from a chick that's just off the street that just looks good and flashes her body. She was an athlete at Jackson State. She led their wow. soccer team to a SWAC championship and was that's an MVP up. that year for the SWAC. So, so, so that makes even more sense of why he picked her. That's true. Because that's it's like true. the best of both worlds. She's an athlete of, of the school. She's an alumni and she's on IG and everybody follows her. So it seemed like it's the best of both worlds. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, I watched the video, and and I, what I didn't like about how social, what I don't like about how social media operates sometimes, Kevin, you can agree with me, probably agree with me on this too, is how social media will only put out a snippet of something, yes. and then everybody goes yes. crazy. Well, yes. I said that can't be more to this interview than that's that four-minute clip. So yes. there's a second part of the interview that's like two minutes long where she goes a little bit deeper into stuff too. And it's like everybody was judging him and her on the first four-minute interview that was posted out there, but they didn't see the other part of the interview because you know this is what I do, Kev. There's more to a story than just Absolutely. a little snippet that you see. Absolutely. So getting into what she said, right? So, And I like the way Coach Prime was like, when she would say something, he would then cut her off and say they didn't catch that game. Like the first thing when she talked about how being who she is is like being in a Nike store with all the checks, right? I don't know right. if you caught that. And, he, and, and, and you know... 
everybody was like, you know, the, 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 the young men was like, okay, okay, okay. But Prime was like, hold on, hold on. They missed that. Explain to them what that means. And when she went on to explain that, well, she was like, listen, it's like when you get to a status of like me or some of the other pro athletes or celebrities, you get access to certain things. And she said the right. checks are, and Dion was like, are the checks cash money or, or, or checks, paper checks, or is it blue checks? She wanted to explain it was blue checks. She said, you would not believe how many people with the blue checks, which are verified people, which is typically the celebrities, right? Yeah. Are hitting her up in her DMs, even after the so-called stuff that she did to PJ. They still mm -hmm. hitting her up. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I, well, that, that I, that I, one of the overarching themes I got from that video, Kev, and everything that was said from the whole video that I was able to see was the male ego and just female ego too is something else, man. A lot of kids out there will watch that and say, that ain't me. Or a lot of young future NFL or NBA stars will say, that ain't me. You've been around long enough, Kev. I've been around long enough, Kev, where we've seen athlete after athlete, celebrity after celebrity, see somebody else's situation and say that ain't me. And guess what? Every year, every couple of years, is ended up being somebody else that has seen yep. the mistake somebody else saw before them. It's yep. crazy, man. So what? What? So so what do you? What? What? To give me share share with me some other thoughts you thought about that whole interview. I mean, again, I mean, I just felt like now that you gave me some relative information about her being alumni, it just makes sense. I mean, because I know a lot of times when, you know, um, prime example, Cato June was just recently back down at Anacostia mm -hmm. with Willie Stewart and his coach. And now the um, head coach, Jason, um, he he played at Anacostia. He went to Michigan. He ended up playing for the Colts and I think one more other team. And now he's back at Anacostia you know, kind of talking to the kids, but I think he is on the team. I think he is a coach on Bowling Green's team, I believe, Okay, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct. And so okay. that's kind of like him coming back to Anacostia, you know, kind of giving the kids, you know, some of the rundown of what they need, you know, from, from somebody that's relatable. I mean, I'm not saying that she's totally relatable from, you know, playing football, but she's relatable because she's, uh, I want to say she's maybe something like, what these guys may see and it's always a bigger picture to these people. Like, 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 I don't think if anybody knew that she was an alumni and she helped them win a championship in soccer, that they would have that same reaction. I mean, on, on social media now, it's just what you see that, like you say, that four minute clip, that's all they know. And a lot of times people don't know the backstory. It's always a backstory to everybody. I mean, I get some stuff, you know, thrown at me, but it's because people don't know me. But then when they listen to some of the episodes, then they got an idea of why I might react this way, why I say this, why I say that. And not necessarily have to um, agree with it, but they understand more. So I think that is just a way of getting to get a getting to an understanding of what's out there for them. So, again, even though people might have had bad things to say, I thought I thought it was clever because, you know, Coach Prime isn't, you know, this stale type of, you know, um, coach. So I think it was clever that he brought her in. But two, it was smart now knowing that she was alumni. So I, I'm still sticking with my guns and saying that I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, I think it was an excellent idea. And I think Dion is brilliant. I think what him and Eddie George is doing is brilliant. And even though they're not graduates of HBCUs, they they taking that step out there on faith, man. And and, yes. and again, you know, you know how many, you know, um especially football players come from HBCUs each year, man. And it's and it's and it's always been like that because you know, back if you watch the history of college football on ESPN, they they did a show about that where it was like the 150 years of college football where they talked about how the 
major programs back in the early, I think the 50s and the 60s, realized that their football was stale. So what they started doing, they started going to HBCUs and plucking African-American yep. football players from HBCUs yep. and bringing them to yep. them. And that's how the, all these big programs, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Notre Dames, yep. the Michigans, Ohio State's, all of them got prestigious as they were because they started bringing in black athletes. And imagine if yep. all those black athletes had said no. You be talking about Howard, Hampton, Bethune, Cookman, FAMU, you know, um, Texas Southern, Tennessee State, all of them would be perennial top 25 schools. But yep. that would all depend on, you know, the money. Because one of the things that the big universities always had is always money. had the money, you know. Yep. And so I think Dion and Eddie George are trying to change that. I think they're trying to build, build a foundation first that will then have the money start coming. Um, to be able to lift these lift these young men up, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I think it needs to happen more. Um, I think, I you know, I was seeing people talking about, yeah, he probably Dion probably slid up in her DMs, or Dion was trying to hit it. To me, Dion was just being Coach Prime. He was trying to get that girl in there to show them dudes that it's a game. And when she talked about how it is a game, how everybody wants somebody wants something from somebody. And yep. nobody just gets out gets with nobody just for GP or just out of yep. general principle. There's a there's an end game to it. And she talked about, you know, she said the billion dollar question is, how do you really know who's true to you and who's not? Right. Right. And so, and then she also said, we are also um, I guess I don't want to say victims or responsible for the choices that she makes. And she kind of slid it in there without coming out and admitting it. But she said, look at all the stuff that has come back on me, you know, me lying. I don't know. If, I don't know. A lot of people. I think a lot of people missed that part because I, I had to go back and rewind it. I said, "Wait a minute, what she just say?" And she talked about how karma comes back and gets you, right? So if you get a chance to listen to it again, bro, she talks about how karma comes back and gets you. And she said, "When people lie," and that, and right before she said that was when she went into how when you lie to her, she's done with you. But before she said that, she said something very interesting about how karma caught back up with her with all the stuff going on with her. So she kind of admitted it that whatever went on between her and PJ and all the follow-up for it, you know, it was karma coming back to her, but she didn't come out mm. and really say it. You know mm. what I mean? And yeah, so, you got to read between the lines. You got to read between the lines, bro. So, yeah, I thought it was brilliant, man. I think we need more of that, um, especially for our young uh, black females and black male athletes. You know, we can't, sure. our, we can't leave our sisters out either because sure. they got a hard road too. So everybody needs Absolutely. to have that talk. And everybody yeah. needs to understand that ego is one of the most deadliest things a person can really have, man. Because what yes, that sir. does is it tells you that what she did to PJ Washington won't happen to me. That's why all them blue check marks that's in her DMs are the main ones saying that. Because I want to hit it. This is what they're saying is I want to hit it, but she's not going to do me like PJ. I want to holler at her, but she's not going to do me like PJ. Right. The next thing Makes you know, no right. And the next thing you know, you bite because she's already shown she's methodical. What are, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's methodical yeah. and patient, and so you end up biting that apple. And she ain't the only one, man. It's, it's this groupie nah. thing and this this baby mama thing has been around for the yeah. longest time. And when she says, and I believe her too, when she says a lot of pro athletes don't like to use condoms, I believe her. I believe it too. I, I mean, I know, her. I know. Anyway, yeah, I believe it too. <laughs> yeah, know? I believe it too. Yo, so so yeah, so let's just shift gears real quick. Okay. Um, and segue into this the shooting up in Michigan, man. Um, mm. You know, as tragic as it is, I'm prayers up to the to the victims, man, that suffered in this tragedy. And you know, as a man of God or a man following Christ, I also have to say prayers up to that dude's parents and him. You know, 
because um, people are troubled, man. I'm not I'm not saying prayers up to him as if to excuse his behavior, but just prayers up to him for God to cover him and fix whatever it is him and his parents had going on in their lives that that led up to this to this to this tragedy, man. Because people, you know, people are losing their minds. There was one report out there, care that the reason why he did it was because he was being bullied, and that his, you know, his parents bought him the gun because he was being bullied. I mean, that's a just you know, that's a failure. In my opinion, just my opinion alone, my thing is this, because this is my thing is this podcast. My thing is this. If he was being bullied and his parents knew he was being bullied, then arming that kid or getting a gun available to that kid was the worst thing they could do. They should have took that up with the school system, um, and they should have took it up with the adults at the school and really, really put him in a situation where he didn't have access to that stuff because – our kids, you know, so much is being shown to them now, Kev, where they don't, they, they becoming more and more desensitized, man, because they showing killings happening and they, and they act like it's nothing. So what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, honestly, I look at it a little bit differently because I feel like it is a cultural thing because I feel like, you know, even when I shared a story about myself, you know, being bullied in school, I went and bought a gun, right? right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was in like the fifth or sixth grade right and i don't i don't think you know back then i was thinking about the consequences of you know actually buying the gun but even when i bought it you know my mindset wasn't go to the school and shoot everybody up my mindset was i'm gonna have this so that way me being bullied doesn't happen anymore not necessarily going to shoot everybody up and then again you know you know with black households you know when you get bullied and you may have family members or you may have siblings. What happens? You come home, you tell your brother and sister you got bullied. Guess what they do? They take you back to the person that bullied you and say, now y'all, now y'all going to fight one-on-one right? versus all this extra stuff. So there is a cultural difference. But at the end of the day, I do feel like, you know, looking at him and I did watch the um, the uh, the arraignment and listen to all of his charges. I think it was between 27 and 28 mm-hmm. charges that he has and, you know, it was just like looking at him and then seeing the parents reaction kind of led me to understand what his mindset is, because his parents weren't, you know, wasn't no better trying right. to run and, you know, from their responsibility of what happened with their child. And mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still kind of clueless on why. And not to bring this up, but I'm still clueless on why in the Rittenhouse case that the mother was never charged, even though she took this young man <laughs> to another state with a armed assault rifle and she was never even brought into the case at all and now with this da i listened to him and he was like listen this kid needs to you know not get a bond he needs to be in jail until he goes to court and he also needs to be transferred to a adult um detention center not a juvenile detention center and the and the and the judge agreed with all of them and i think because when you look at the video even though i didn't want to see it but when you look out the video and you see this young man come out the bathroom he didn't like have an idea of who he wanted to shoot. He just started shooting. Right. I was like, man, this is so I have a lot of feelings about it. And I do, you know, make posts sometimes on, you know, my social media pages. And I may say, you know, sometimes the parents need to be held accountable. And, you know, there are some parents that'll book back and say, I don't know what my kids are doing. And I you can't you can't um fault me for what they doing. Technically, I can because you had them. Yep. If it wasn't for you, that kid would not be on this earth. There you go. So, te- so technically, 
that is kind of your fault. And at the end of the day, it's your child. And your child is what? Your responsibility. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. And it is tragic. But I'm also seeing that with this young man in um, the Rittenhouse case getting off the way he did. Can you imagine these kids that's watching this? So they like, you know what? I can go do that and I'm going to get off. No. Well, 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 the two things, and, and I and I and I hear you, bro, and I agree with your points. I agree with your perspective too. Um, um, the thing that's interesting is you're talking about if you look at the big picture, you're talking about two different states, right? You're talking about Michigan versus Wisconsin, and then Wisconsin is coming off of you know the George Floyd thing and some other things right. going on, right? Then on right. top of that, you had a judge in Wisconsin that I think was more about his spotlight than the case itself because he put all these rules and stipulations on the prosecution during that whole Rittenhouse case. So the, the prosecution's yeah. hands was kind of handcuffed. This yeah, on the other true. hand with Michigan is a little bit, you got different judge. I mean, you know, the states are kind of similar in some respects up north, whatever, whatever. But you yeah. had a totally different turnaround um, than you did with, with this situation where, and, and if, you look at, if you look at the totality of the situation, in Michigan, it had to call for that because, again, you just went out and came out the bathroom and just started shooting. Whereas in yeah. Rittenhouse's case, you infuse yourself in the situation and you put yourself in that situation and then you had people coming at you. So there was his little out for the self-defense. I'm not saying it's right, but there was his little out. But he should have never been put in that situation. And I 100%, I 1,000% agree with you that that mother should have been charged oh, for, man. For, for allowing him to get that he, gun. Because he wouldn't have got there without her. Right. He wouldn't so, have got there without her. There would have been no him being there if it wasn't for her. Right. So in this case with the kid, though, and you're right, it is a cultural thing. And I agree with 100, I, I 1,000% what you said. Growing up, in a black household, a black neighborhood, in a black environment, you get beat up, man. The first thing your people want to know who did it, what did happened, it? so on right, and so we forth. We gonna go back and we gonna go see them, and you gonna exactly. go fight them one on one. I ain't exactly. no go get it. Exactly. You gonna, gonna throw them hands, exactly. and that's the thing. These youngest now, they don't want to throw the hands. I remember nope. I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Omar Hill. He is a director for um, Utopia uh, Health Clinic, right? And it's a it's a mental health. Uh, clinic that helps with mental health mm-hmm. and he was saying that with the with the teenagers and the kids that he works with it's not fight or flight no more it's just all flight mm-hmm. there's, there's no fight no more it's just all flight he's saying he's saying kids commit suicide at a high rate he's saying kids you know um coping with drugs at a more high rate i mean it's just no more you know um fight anymore it's just all flight and it's it's, it's sad that it's like that and the world that we live in now is just when you look around that stuff, it's just everybody got something to say. Somebody's always been negative. Never, people never see the bright side to things. It's always three stories because it's always three stories to everything. Your side, this side, and then what's really going on. So, right. I mean, I just feel like at the end of the day, there is somewhat of a cultural difference in that respect. But again, you know, I'm I'm happy to see that they are holding the parents accountable because once I heard that the gun was bought, oh, no, the father bought the gun for him. Bullshit. The father bought the gun for the son. That's what we bought it for because there was no way that the son would have got I me. Mean, even in the state of Maryland, when I was living in the state of Maryland, when you buy a gun in the state of Maryland, you have to buy a trigger lock immediately. Yep. Soon mm-hmm. you purchase the gun. You ha- you can't even leave the store with the gun without the trigger lock on the gun. Mm-hmm. So there are safety precautions in place, you know, for even taking the gun home after the fact, you know, putting it in the lock box or 
putting it up in the safe. So for your son to have access to that gun four days after you purchased it, come on, man. Like, come on. Yeah, suppose it was a Black Friday purchase that it happened. Okay. You got it on Black Friday. And again, like you said, the son had access to it four days later. And then you He's turn around 15. and run. Yeah, exactly. He's 15. Come and, on. And yeah, it, it, it is a cultural thing. Because um, again, you know, in our community, man, we don't, Go out and just go get a gun. Just go to a school and just start shooting nah. up. The first thing we're gonna do is, like you said, who where did where where this Joker at? All right, now yep. y'all gonna square up. And then if and if yep. he still gets the best of you at that point, then we bring you back is. home and 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 say, okay, it is what it is. We start enrolling you in the karate class or take you to the boxing gym or whatever we need to or do. Or whatever we need to do, so you but can at defend least, yourself. But at least you live. At least you live. At yeah. least you get to live. And the kid and the kid that beats you up. They got the best of you that time. I ain't gonna say beat you up, but he got the best of you that time. He gets to live too. Exactly. But yeah, you're right, man. I, you know, a lot of things has changed in society, Kev, where you know kids are taking them, taking them, taking their lives and stuff. And and I think, I think what's really hurting it too is social media, man. Um, Absolutely. You know, because if you if you got a social media presence as a kid, and then all of a sudden you know something happens with you, and then everybody starts piling on, it's crazy. And it's more, and it's even sad when I see children. Young children, man, living with disabilities like autism, taking their right. lives because they're being bullied. There right. was a young and girl. Can you imagine? Like I, you just said, not to cut you off, but can you imagine if he was being bullied at school? Can you imagine him being bullied on social media because everybody knows him? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I think it was two podcasts ago when my disability store was about the young girl um, who, who who's 10 years old and on the autism spectrum was being bullied. And. It was a situation where the kids were teasing her so bad they was telling her she came to school she came to school stinking and they told her she stank and just was bullying that crap out of her man and the parents tried to get the school to do something about it but the school didn't do anything about it and that was you know that's a sad and tragic situation man it happened in Utah in Utah there was another Department of Justice study done in Utah where racism is rampant in Utah in the school system Absolutely. man it's crazy Absolutely. and it's like it you know and at some point. You know, I know everybody's free to move about the country, as Southwest Airlines would say. At some point, though, when you see or you when you see a state like Utah, when you see stuff like this happening, you know, to people that look like you, you have to say to yourself, "Do I really want to move to that state, or do right. I still want to stay here?" You know, right. you know what I mean? Because people, you know, people are not going to change overnight. You right. know what I mean? And so these things have been happening, and people, the Department of Justice report overlooked it so much. That it just became real rampant, which, you know, is a perfect segue into the Department of Justice report about Frederick County Schools. They did a report, man, <laughs> that it was three elementary schools. Because, you know, in Frederick County, they have these things called seclusion rooms for children with disabilities. So when they have emotional breakdowns or whatever the case may be, they get put into seclusion rooms. So there was three elementary schools. One of them was called Lewistown Elementary, Spring Ridge Elementary, and Rock Creek. And they said those schools um, host uh, Lewistown and Spring Ridge host a thing called the Pyramid Program that serves students with significant social and emotional needs, right? And that Rock Creek School is a specialty school that exclusively serves students with severe intellectual and physical disabilities, right? So state law and uh, Frederick County policy both require seclusion in which students are isolated often in a padded room and prevented from leaving and physical restraint to be uh, reserved for emergency situations. Well, what they found was there was overusing that room. It was like they were just using it when the kids started acting. I mean, and the thing about this, and, I, and, I, and again, Kev, I've been a parent. 
uh, through the school system with my son who has ADHD and living with autism, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have people trained in crisis intervention, your teachers and administrators trained in that to be able to, if you know walking in, like I give an example. If I know that Kevin Williams is trigger happy, got a hot head, right? And I invite you to my cookout, I know that there's a possibility something might jump off with you. Somebody might say the wrong thing, whatever the case may be. I know that going in. So if I see somebody over there talking to you and I see you starting to get a little hype, then I drop what I'm doing as the host, grab you up and say, hey, man, let's talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And, right. and instead of letting what you do play out and then all of a sudden bring police involved when they right. really didn't need to be involved. That's what's happening here. These kids going into school, these teachers and administrators know that these children have social-emotional uh, challenges. They have impulse control. They have executive functioning issues and all those things that control the normal um, behavior of normal individuals. These kids don't have those controls, right? So you know that. Right. So when right. a kid goes off in your classroom, right, the first thing they want to do is put him in seclusion room or suspend him. And it's like, where's y'all crisis intervention training at? And I mean, they were abusing this to a point where, you know, it was just, they were just being regularly segregated. Just the little things, just being regularly segregated, the report said. And it was crazy that the Justice Department and the superintendent going to get on there and talk about, oh, well, you know, we really didn't do anything wrong and this is our policy and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And it's crazy that y'all are allowing this to happen. You know, I mean, it's bad enough that these children are living with a disability and, and, and living with social emotional uh, issues that they can't control themselves. I've been there, Cab. I've seen it for myself firsthand in my own household. So I understand what it looks like, what it what it smells like, what it tastes like, and the end result of all that stuff going on. And so mm-hmm. you can't tell me that you the easiest way for you to deal with these kids when they go off like that is just throw them in a the padded room on a regular basis. What about talking them through? Where's the strategies at to talk them down? To get them through it. Where's the crisis inter- intervention training? You know, Prince George's County <laughs> is going through what they call a, a, a thing where they got to pay millions of dollars a year, you know, in fines because of disproportionality, meaning they was suspending students, just every, all the students, really, for too too much. It was suspending them too much. So they got to pay a fine. And the fine is actually coming out of special education budget. But it's covering all students. And so, you know, they were forced to create this crisis intervention team or crisis response teams and stuff like that. But in some cases, that still ain't working. I had a parent call me up talking about my son's been suspended three times this month. I'm like, for what? The last time was he wanted a pencil. He didn't have a pencil. And so he pushed his way through a teacher to get a pencil. They suspended him. It wasn't that he went off. He just pushed his way past the teacher to get a pencil. All he needed was a pencil instead of... Just giving him the pencil and, you know, saying, hey, you know, talking to him later, you need to be responsible for your pencil. Just give him the pencil so he doesn't do what you're going to expect him to do when he doesn't get the pencil. Right. So, right. It's, so it's crazy, man. And I think I think part of it is our society is changing. You touched on it earlier, bro, when you talked about how our kids are re- resorting to drug, drug abuse now. They're committing suicide at higher rates. So my question to you and my thing is this. Are we – a softer society now? Absolutely. Or are we, or, well, then you just answered the question. Absolutely. So, 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 so expound absolutely. on that, bro. Expound I, on I that. I mean, because I feel like now everybody, you know, especially with social media, it's almost like, you know, everybody got something to say. 
every I mean you can't you can't speak your mind no more. You can't really say what's on your heart without you know um offending somebody. You can't have your own opinion no more. It just seems like you you know you you have to live in this little bubble. Like you have to live in this bubble and you can't speak your mind. You can't you know um speak what your values are or somebody might look at you sideways. I mean think about it. This this COVID thing. Not not to switch gears, but you know, COVID has been a big story since it happened. And then you got people dividing each other because, oh, you ain't take the vaccine? Oh man, I ain't I ain't messing with you. Or or I ain't taking that, man. Oh, you took it? Oh man, that's crazy. You 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 crazy for I mean, it's it's almost like we it, we don't have individuality no more. Like some of these kids now that's growing up, they don't even know who they are. They don't know who their families are. I mean, like me, I have been for a long time thinking about doing the um the ancestry.com DNA thing, because I just want to know, like, I mean, it was a running joke, you know, uh, last month or a couple of weeks ago that I look Dominican. Now that I'm, um, relocated down to Florida, you know, a lot of the people that I come across, you know, are from Haiti are from Jamaica, you know, Barbados, stuff like that. And this lady was just like, are you Dominican? I was like, nah, she was like, you look really Dominican. I was like, really? So it's almost like, you know, we just don't know who we are anymore. And I just, you know, every time somebody has something to say, it's like it has it has this negative connotation to it. Like, a, like, like if you post something and it's your personal opinion, trust and believe somebody's going to come and attack your, your comment. Oh, man, Troy, you don't know what you're talking about. That woo -woo. And guess what? I'm cool with the conversation, but you don't necessarily have to attack me because you don't believe in my opinion. But Bruh. that's what it is now. Bruh. Everybody wants to attack everybody's opinion. I'm just, I don't get it. And I mean, again, social media is that influence because if you don't believe something or if you want to get something off your chest, depending on what it is, what do you do? You get on that phone, you grab your computer, and you start tapping. That I mean, I'm glad you said that, man, because that that what you said was so profound, man. And it could go. There's so many tentacles off of what you could say in so many different directions. What you said, like for instance, the phone. That was one of the first things that Dion and Brittany Renner said. Dion said it. First thing people do go to their phone. How yep. to find them IG models, right? Just yep. it, it's it's a lot of things you said as far as the ancestry piece. It's just so much you just unpack right there, man, that we could do a whole show just on what you just said just now because it's just yeah. so much. Like even with the vaccine, right, you know, like you said, how people are divided with the vaccine. My my thing is this, and my thing has always been this, and I had to share this with my niece on social media, you know, a little back and forth. You know, everybody has a choice to make, mm -hmm. right? And if you choose to get the vaccine, right, then you live with that choice. If you choose right. not to, then you live with the choices that come with the vac with not being vaccinated. My thing right. is, and my thing is this, Kev, if you, it's a personal choice. I got family members that ain't vaccinated. For whatever reason, they decided not to be vaccinated. That's their that's they reason, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't hate them. No. I still love them the same. That's it's just that choice. when I go around you or you come around me, somebody gonna wear safe. a mask. Yeah, we you, gotta be safe. You, you see yeah. what I'm saying? And it's nothing personal, but a lot of people has made this into a personal thing, man. And again, it's all about choices. So if yeah. I decide to get the vaccine and knowing everybody out here is talking about, well, there's this and that. It's gonna alter your DNA. It's gonna stop women from getting pregnant. It's gonna it's got a microchip in it. It's, it's all those things, right? I've been vaxxed. Yeah. I've had, I've even had the booster. That's a choice I made. I'm a right. 50 year old man with hypertension and one kidney. I gotta do something. Yeah, because I don't know if, to, I, if to I protect if, yourself, right? Because if I if I don't if I was to go without the vaccine, I've never had COVID before. I don't right. know if I get it 
if I'm going to survive. So if the vaccine is going to give me somewhat of a chance, because my thing is this also, if people are worried about what's in the vaccine, right? Then I would ask you this. Do you know what you're eating every day? Do you know what you're drinking every day? Do you know what's in those supplements? Half the supplements out there, the supplement industry ain't really regulated by the FDA. And a lot of supplements on the bottles, it says on the bottle, these statements are not uh, not intended to cure or treat disease, and also not endorsed by the FDA. It says it on a lot of bottles, and so you mm-hmm. see the you see the commercials that come out. Umbilify, it'll treat this, it'll treat that, but also side effects includes nausea, headaches, ulcers, this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. And and then and then on top of that, the little side TV channels will have oh, if you've been a victim, like the latest one is some HIV pill or HIV medicine where you can now file a lawsuit for damages because it caused people to die or caused people to have some kind of health issues that they were giving people. You know how they got these lawyers that come on and say, well, if you if you suffered from mesothelioma, you may be entitled to compensation. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with this HIV pill or HIV yep. medicine that came out. So it's a personal choice. And I don't hate anybody that decides either to get vaxxed or not get vaxxed. It's just that we have to now live with the consequences of the choice we make. If you go on vax, then know that there's probably people is not going to either want to be around you or they're going to want you to wear a mask because you're not vaccinated. And it's not that they hate you. They still love you. It's just that they're preference. And if you have a problem with wearing a mask, then we have a mutual understanding that I'm not going to wear a mask. Then I'll catch you on Zoom. I'll catch you on a phone call or I'll catch you on FaceTime or whatever. And we'll talk that way. But as far as being present with each other, I don't think we can do that. Man, you, 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 you can't even come in my mother's house without a mask on. Right. You can't even come to her front door without a mask on. Right. Like literally, like and, and her and my stepfather are fully vaccinated. But you, I mean, it, I mean, my mother is sixty eight. My stepfather is like eighty one. So they just not gonna take no chance. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't I don't I I don't judge anybody for anything that they do or don't do. Like you just said, it's your choice, and you have to live with your, with the decisions you make. I mean, just like going back to when I was getting bullied in school and I bought that gun, that was my decision. I, mm-hmm. I, I made a, I made a conscious decision that I did not want this dude beating me up no more. I didn't bother him. I didn't do anything to him. I didn't, you know, do anything to cause him to want to beat me up. I mean, it was a young lady that he was talking to that was interested in me and he felt like, okay, it ain't going to be no competition. I'm going to beat this dude up and remind you that this dude wasn't in elementary school with me. He was, he was in junior high school. <laughs> so he was old. So I'm in I'm, I'm in the fifth or sixth grade. He like in the seventh or eighth grade. Coming to my he leaving his junior high school to come to my elementary school every day to be, to fight me. Wow. So I, I made a conscious decision. I'm walking home one day and one of the OGs on this on the strip was like, What's up? I told him what was going on. Told me come back and holler at him. I came back, told me give him fifty dollars. I gave him fifty dollars. My man gave me a 38 special. Right. And it never, it never even in that moment, it never crossed my mind to take that gun to school and shoot people. Right. Never. It mm-hmm. just it just crossed my mind that if this situation happens again, I'm going to have something of mm-hmm. my own to protect myself, right. not to go and just kill people. So, again, the culture, the mindset is just different. And again, like you say, you know, the society that we live in now is all just, you know, watered down, so to speak. It's just yeah. all water in hell now. So. Gone, gone are the days of knuckle up and guard your grill, bro. Yeah, man. I, I can't, I mean, I'm not saying I can't wait, but I would love to have you. 
if you if you feel like you want to disrespect me or you want to do something and and you man enough not to use a gun okay bet let's do it because i've 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 done it i've <laughs> i love to have you right. and if i lose hey best man won i'm right. not gonna i'm not gonna knock you for you know i've gotten my ass whooped a few times and i'm not gonna you know retaliate it is what it is but that's the thing now even if they knuckle up and they lose they so emotionally scarred that they want to come back and retaliate. And I mean, that's a whole nother story because I feel like that's the cause of, you know, all these black women being sought to raise these black young men. Yeah, and they've taken all of these traits from their mother. Right. Emotionally. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's society overall as a whole. Like you said, the, the, the tentacles are they, they, they it's a lot of them because there's a lot of ways to kind of figure out why we are where we are but the bigger question is how do we get back to where we used to be from where we are today well how we do that and then i'm just talking off the top of my head and my thing is this how we do that is get back to us having the rich history and self-esteem for ourselves because yeah. remember now you know back in the 20s 30s 40s 50s and 60s man when you start seeing pictures of our people from it that day killing. everybody was suited and booted there was a yeah. high level of respect. HBCUs yeah. was the standard, you yeah. know. Be, be, having the parents, both parents at home, was a standard. Yes, yeah. and don't get me wrong. Papa was always a Papa was a Rolling Stone, but Papa was always coming home to that family that he had outside of you know whatever you know daughter or son he created outside. He still was right. a father in that home, and mom still held it together. And I'm not saying moms back then was was doormats to be walked over or whatnot. But, right. you know, a lot of times, a lot of our black mothers back then had more power in a household than 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 enough. Because yes. think about it, right? A lot of the, because my grandfather, I can talk about my grandfather. My grandfather was not educated, right? But he was the breadwinner of the family. And so every time he come home, he get his money, you know, he did long care. I mean, he made a lot, he made quite a bit, he made enough money back then, you know, cutting people's grass, cutting white folks' grass. The way he was able to take care of family with that money. And so every mm-hmm. time he get paid, he come home. Here you go, Trusty. Remember my grandmother name. And give her all the money. And she would run the household. Because he right. just wasn't educated enough to do it. And there was a lot of black women, black mothers right. and grandmothers that were operating like that. But the family right. unit stayed together. You, know, right. you see what I'm saying? And, and you know, um, so, you know, with, even with Papa's being Rolling Stones, the family unit still pretty much stuck together. Yeah, you may have, you know, you all of a sudden your grandfather die, your grandmother die, and you find out, well, who's that person sitting over there? Oh, that's right. your, that's your, that's your, that's your, that's your uh, uh, cousin, cousin right. from what? Oh, well, you know, your grandfather, you know, he had another, you know, he had another, got another woman pregnant, and then she had right. kids, and you know, da 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 da, and you find that stuff out later on at the funeral. But the main thing was the family stayed together. Am I saying it's right? Absolutely not, in that in that context, but. I think where we start at, we start with the self-esteem of ourselves and getting back to family. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And getting back to family. And I think our, our young men need to have, I don't know if it's a drop the ego thing or what, but there has to be a shift in our, in our young men's mindset, man. Even those that are in single parent households, there has to be a shift in that mindset, man, to really look out for each other. Because, you know, one of the things, and, and, and what I'm about to say is my thoughts and my thoughts alone because my thing is this, is it's interesting to me to see how quick, you know, our young men are quick to shoot each other up and kill each other like it's nothing 
but yet we live in an oppressive society where there's nothing that happens to the so-called oppressors. Hmm. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. It's like oh, okay, so so when uh, 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 Michael Brown or uh, Trayvon Martin or Philando Castile or any of those people get murdered in cold blood by somebody don't look at don't look like us, well, you we know, on the south side of Chicago, southeast oh, yeah, DC, crazy. South Central LA, the perpetrator that did it is gonna get hunted down. But that don't seem yeah. that don't seem to happen outside of our community. And and by no means. Am I saying that's right? All I'm saying is that's a part of the mindset shift we got to take. We got to stop looking at each other as enemies and look and looking at each other as 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 in competition. And start I mean, you building. can't even speak to people no more. You you speak to them and they think you're trying to fight. I'm like, I'm, I'm just saying, good morning. How you doing? Right. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It's crazy. So you know, to get back to that, man, we got to get real and get back to the roots of what family was, man. But, but it's hard because. You know, cash rules everything around us. Cream, get that money. And if 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 I can get mine, you know, pulling up my little bootstraps, so I got to get mine, put my family in a better situation. I'm going to protect what's mine. I'm not going to be willing to turn back and pull somebody else up because I don't want them, even though that pie is huge, there's enough money out there for everybody. Right, yes, a lot of times is. we look at it as, well, if I put Kev on to what I'm doing, if I, if I build a vending machine empire, well, I'm, I got vending machines all over the DMV, and I'm making three, four, five million dollars a year off of vending machines. And I bring Kevin in, or, or or turn Kevin on the vending machines. Man, he might cut into my profits. That's how that's how people look at it. It's like there's enough money out there for everybody, man. I can I can I can I can move to another state if that's the case. I yeah. mean, it just it just makes no sense. It just yeah. it just it just makes no sense. But then even. Since I've been, you know, volunteering, I've been mentoring, um, even when I was with First Baptist Church of Glenard, when I was um, doing prison ministry, my my I've matured mentally. I can honestly say that I've matured mentally. And I do think that there's a way to give back in mentoring or there is a way to give back in volunteering because mm -hmm. if somebody can relate to your story. They may go home and think about things a little differently. I'm not saying overnight because it didn't happen for me overnight, but I know gradually if somebody's pouring into you, pouring into you, you can relate to them. You know, they I, I was locked up with your uncle Boo. He know me, asked him about me. And now that I'm not in the street no more, but I'm I work a nine to five, I'm finding a different way to make a legitimate hustle. I mean, it's so many legitimate ways to make money, and I'm just gonna use one in in, in particular, which is trucking. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so much money in trucking. It ain't it ain't got to be, you know, the glamorous life, but you can come home, you know, five thousand dollars a week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just just driving, just driving. It ain't glorious. It ain't, you know, you know, IG worthy, but it's money. It's even female strippers that's getting out of the stripping business and buying trucks, man. Bro. So my thing it's, is okay, it's you, money you, in it. You, you, you said something that caught my eye or caught my ear. Explain what is IG worthy. I mean, IG worthy to me means that if it doesn't pop out, it is not worthy for IG. And I mean, also, I also think that it means that I don't know. It's like it's like people just attach themselves to stuff that they want to be, but they can't be. If that makes sense, right? I, like, here's here's like, what I think. Here's what I think. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but here's what I think. When you say IG worthy, right? And I'm glad you said that because it's a segue. It's a segue into self esteem and one of the challenges that we have in our community. I believe because my thing is this: a lot of times 
you know what Instagram is, right? Instagram mm-hmm. is nothing but highlights. That's it's it. highlights. And so what people don't realize is when they see a bunch of people look like us that put stuff on Instagram, people are only going to put out there what they want you to know. That's the first thing. Right. They're only going to put out there what you re- what they really want you to know. Unless you That's have a true. truly authentic, humble person that will put their successes as well as their struggles out there, most people will only put out there what they want you to know. That's why a mm-hmm. lot of times when you go to these so-called IG model pages, all you see is made up pictures with makeup and stuff on. You, mm-hmm. you very rarely see a lot of IG models or so-called influencers out there rocking on their page without makeup on, showing their daily, right. their, their regular daily life. They struggle. Right. But there's, I mean, so that's a fantasy that people buy into. Oh, they life is what they always out at a club or they always party and they always this, they always that. But what people don't realize is, and this is one of the things that I, I thought, I think that Steph Curry, the Steph Curry's of the world could do a little bit better job at. This is just my opinion. My thing is this, is showing the work being put in on Instagram. Don't just show the, the shot going in. I would like to see Steph Curry do an IG story where if, however long you know his drills go, an hour, this dude, let's go IG live for an hour to show people you putting up a thousand shots in an hour. So our kids know that they can't come down to AAU when they can barely shoot the ball inside the daggone right. free throw circle. They can right. barely shoot from there. They trying to jack up threes. Show, right. show Steph Curry putting up a thousand shots live. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Show the struggle. It's, show show, show them people, them fitness people, what it's like, what I look like before, and what my journey is. Not what I look like now. It's funny you say that, though. It's funny you say that because I watched X-Rehip. I'm not sure if you – well, I'm pretty sure you're familiar. But yeah, back actually, in the day – Back in Maryland, man, yeah. X-Rehip was my man, 50 grand. I mean, we, we were so tight, I used to call him my cousin. And mm-hmm. um, I remember one time Gary Williams used to ride him so much I was just like, dang, why Gary Williams riding them so much? But then Gary Williams saw the potential in X Reed. Right. But X Reed, you know, I guess in Gary Williams' eyes didn't, you know, wasn't living up to that potential. So I remember one time I would pick him up, you know, drop him off at practice, come back and pick him up at Coldfield House. And I remember one time I went in there and he made X Reed do 100 layups. And he had to do them from both sides of the court. So right. he had to run the door layup on one side, run down the court, do the, and he had to do a hundred of them before he left. And mm-hmm. this was after, after practice, like right. after everybody's gone, X was the only one in there running, doing layups. Right. I was like, dang. So it's funny you said that because back then, you know, like 95, 96, there wasn't no phones and social right. media and all that. Mm-hmm. It was just word of mouth. And I mean, luckily I was there one day and watched it and just saw him, like you say, putting in that work. And I mean, X Reed back then, I mean, he was the only, Big man that I knew at that time at six eight that could put it between his legs right. and, and and make you miss mm-hmm. and then and then dunk it on you. So mm-hmm. again, like you say, you do make a great point in regards to people not showing, you know, the behind the scenes of what's going on. But even for myself, I think that I've gradually shown people my maturity because even I remember one time somebody was on a live and they was like, "Well, I'm just happy to see you ain't." yelling and screaming at people in traffic no more (laughs) (laughs) because people would know people knew me for you know not having necessarily road rage but like you know screaming at people like what the you know i i I would just go off right and somebody noticed that i hadn't done that in a while and so again i mean i have i tried to be as transparent as i could and i tell people that it was easier for me now to be transparent because I, I went and talked to a professional and mm-hmm. I would tell everybody 
you know, in our community specifically, that if there's something going on, if it's something like if you go, if you come home and you notice something different about yourself, like, you know, yourself better than anybody else. Right. If you notice that something's off, it's OK to go talk to somebody. It's not like you got to put it on social media. It ain't like somebody going to talk about you. A professional is legally binded not to talk about what you and them talk about to anybody. They're legally binded not to do that. And then you'll be a, you, you'll be surprised what that professional can help you with. You know what I'm saying? Journal writing, you know, um, remembering to do certain things, not to try to take 15 goals in one day, cut it down to two. So that way you can, you know, have a, a, a sense of, you know, success for your day. I mean, I learned so much stuff from my, my therapist that I'm willing now to share some of that in the episodes and share it on my page. I mean, even mm -hmm. my relationship with my girlfriend, I'm not going to say it's public, but it's somewhat public because we share, you know, some of the stuff that we went through due COVID. And a lot of people think that dating is hard and it's not. And we showed them that it is, it, there is a challenge to it, but it doesn't have to be a challenge where it doesn't work. Right. So, I mean, that 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 behind the scenes stuff is good for people to know. But people don't want people not going to show you that because they they they, you know, is a way to have them being. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, the, it's another word for being soft. I can't think of the word that I'm thinking about right now. But, you know, some people look at you like you soft or like, oh, oh, oh that's what he's doing. And it's just like everybody wants to be something that they're truly not. And I'm not going to ever. I'm not going to ever be there. Like I, I tell anybody that know me, if I ever get some money, the first thing I'm going to do is take care of me and mine. But the second thing I'm going to do, I'm giving back. Mm -hmm. I'm giving back. And and it's on my mind. It's on my radar. It ain't no question about it. I'm going to take care of everybody around me that I feel like I need to take care of. And then I'm going to give back, whether it's a community center, whether it's, um, you know, subsidized housing, you know, um, even these transition houses for kids who age out of the, um, the orphanages and don't have nowhere to go. Like it's so many things that we can do, you know, that I want to do. And I just feel like, you know, at some point, man, we all got to go in the mirror, look in the mirror and just really ask ourselves, who are we and what are we doing? Yeah. It's funny. You talk about going to talk to professional help. So I was listening to Karen Hunter on serious Karen Hunter show on serious XM 126. She comes on every day from three to six. And I was, I catch her on Friday. Cause you know, um, Lamont King, lazy Lamont, from D.C. right here in our DMV area is on what they call Foolishness Friday. So he was on last Friday. But before she, you know, brought them on, I think it might have been Thursday's show, she was talking to this brother named Derek Collins. And Derek Collins, I think that's his last name, um, has a website um, basically to lift people up. And one of the things Derek Collins talked about was that mental health aspect. He talked mm -hmm. about how, you know, people need to go, especially people in our community need to go and seek that mental health as opposed to seeking it through other ways, whether it be bottle, whether it be right. sex, whether it be other right. things. And he said, one of the things that people don't realize is, he said, before I actually got myself in therapy, he said, man, I used to go to YouTube and get and, and listen to therapists on YouTube. You mm -hmm. know, he said, you know, there's a lot of therapists out there that post you know, inspirational or, or mm -hmm. things that talk to you, what you going through on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He said, I was getting my therapy for YouTube for a minute. And so mm -hmm. there's resources out there. We just got to be willing to tap into them. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a young brother, uh, I think his name is Keir Gaines. He, I think he lives here in the D.C. area. He's a therapist, man. He posts a lot of stuff. I follow him on Instagram. And he posts okay. a lot of stuff that's relevant, man. Um, matter of fact, 
I think he wrote a book, and he I think he was also on Oprah's show for one minute. Oprah did an interview with him for one minute because this stuff is just so real, man. And he's he's a young dude, very energetic, and uh, posts a lot of good content, man. And people don't realize, you know, the struggle that people go through. People go right. through some stuff, man, and people need help. Right. And it's right. funny because, like you said, with Instagram, it's just instant. It's just that thing, Instagram. And so I think a lot of people that post on Instagram should probably do a lot more of showing the work that's put in. Because a lot of people just post all the stuff they do that's great. A lot of people won't post all the stuff, won't post the struggle. So when you get people out there that are struggling or trying to find their way, if all they're seeing from you is just Instagram successes, how are they going to know how you got there? Then they're going to think they can go out and get the same success you got and realize right. that you put in 20 years well, of this to get where you yeah. are now. Yeah. And so when it comes, and, and another thing you touched on was trucking. There's a young lady on Instagram, a sister, that I don't know what she did before. She drives on, she got her own trucks. Mm-hmm. And she and she be posting from the road while she driving. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it'd be, it'd be a lot of funny stuff, a lot of funny content, because I think she's on TikTok too, where she okay. posts like funny stories from the road, right? And stuff like that. But you're right, trucking, you know, and, and as much as they want to say, you know, there's a shortage of truckers out there. Mm-hmm. No, it ain't. Because you know mm-hmm. Pastor's son, Joshua, just bought two trucks. Oh, okay. He just bought two trucks. He got his own. He 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 got hooked up. Well, you know, pastors connected with everybody in the DMV. Area. Absolutely. And right. So Absolutely. if you if you a child of Pastor Jenkins and you can't get connected with the circle that he's in, that's <laughs> something going right. right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. right. So 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 watch this. So because they're connected to the Neils from K Neil Trucking, I think okay. Joshua either did an internship or hooked up with K Neil Jr. Not senior, but junior, who's about his age. And they linked up, I think, and he started collaborating with K. Neal Jr., I guess, to get him familiar with how the trucking business worked. So him mm-hmm. and his, so Joshua and his wife, Danny, went on and bought two trucks. That's what's up. And so they got that, they got, they got that supplement income in, coming in, too. As a matter of fact, my nephew yeah. talked about getting his CDL. I said, bro, go ahead and get it, man, because if you can get your CDL and you can get a truck, I mean, there's always work out there, man. There's plenty of work and, and, out there. And 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 some of these some of these you know drivers will probably be, you know, pissed that I'm going to say this, but it's a lot of trucks that you can buy. And you don't even need a CDL. Right. All you need is a DOT car. As long as your health is good, you got your regular driver's license, you can make some money. Right. Mm-hmm. You can make some money. I mean, it's guys out here driving. You know, F three fifties, F two fifties with trailers on the back. They got stuff on the back, and they hauling it. And yeah. they're getting paid. Yeah, because I know I know them cats make a lot of money transporting um, yeah. cars. Yeah, they make a lot. Because matter of fact, we we went down to Tennessee. We went through Tennessee down to Georgia to visit my son's godparents over the summer. And going through Tennessee and those mountains out there, going out through Western Virginia and into Tennessee, bro, you wouldn't believe how many trucks is on the road. So we come God. along this one truck, dude got a, like a F. I think it's an F two fifty dually mm-hmm. or F three fifty dually, but he's got the trailer on the back. Mm-hmm. Bruh, this dude had a custom 57 Chevy pickup truck, bruh. Mm-hmm. That joint looked like it came off the assembly line. Mm-hmm. And he was transporting that joint. And I know him transporting wasn't, he wasn't, you know, taking no cheap money for it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? So there's that's a lot of money out there to be, I mean, I was telling my nephew, that's what you want to do, bruh. Get your CDL or do what you need to do. If your pat if your if your desire is to get your CDL first, then stop. You know, go ahead and get it. Get that yeah. experience, man. Get out exactly. there. Because matter of fact, I talked to 
a, a FedEx driver. A FedEx driver came to my job one day dropping off a, a like palace and palace of uh, computers that we had bought. And mm-hmm. I was just talking to him while we was bringing it into the building. I said, so, bro, you don't, I said, you got the little single cab. You don't travel overnight? He said, no, nah, bro. He said, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm up at, you know, five in the morning on the road by six. I get back home by five in the evening. He said, I'm good. He said, I've been doing this for FedEx for a while. He said, man, I made $130,000 last year driving for mm-hmm. FedEx. So it's, I believe it's, it. Yeah, it's money in it, bro. It's oh, money absolutely. In it. And if you absolutely. can get one of those trucks that, and, 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 and the fact that Amazon is putting pressure on everybody to be fast. Everybody. Think about it. You got your CDL, you got a truck, and you can get a contract with one of them little gigs with Amazon or FedEx or it's somebody. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. You good. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, like you say, you just got to do it. Yep. You just got to have a will and the mental fortitude to do it, man. Everybody's so worried about, you know, what they look like. And again, like you just said, IG worthy. Oh, oh I, I got to look this way. I got, no, no, you do not have to do that. Like, like, like I tell everybody, like I used to wear designer when I was young. I don't wear designer anymore. If, if it's, if it's black on, let me get that. Right. Everything that I put on, you know, if I'm on, um, I mean, other day I put on a memory on one of my uh, stories on Facebook. The dude hit me. He was like, Kevin, that's one of your that's one of your new hoodies." I was like, "Nah, this is my man, my man Jamal. He got a clothing line called Great. You know, hit him up." He was like, "All right, bet." I don't, I don't, I don't I'm only wearing black if if I can. I'm still looking for a black denim designer that that make jeans for me. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I can find one, I'm all over it because I feel like everything on the top t shirts and hoodies and stuff is all black on mostly in my closet except for white t shirts. But right. if I can find somebody that do like denim shorts and jeans and stuff like like that, I'm good. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to do my part to support and keep our money, you know, in our community as well. But we all got to, you know, as a collective to try to do it as well. And I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's not doing it because I know a lot of people that's doing it. Mm-hmm. But we got to, you know, kind of, you know, speak our um, our experiences out there. So other people, I mean, you might say something and you might be out. And somebody might hear you that you don't even know who's listening to you. And you might change their whole perspective on what they're doing. Right. You might you might tap into something that they've been thinking about doing, but just haven't been doing it. And you could be at a table talking to somebody else about your ideas or what you're doing. And you're actually tapping into somebody else of what they want to be doing. Like, damn, I should be doing what Cuz talking about. You right. just never know when you speak what you're speaking out. And people, you know, can like listen to that and get motivated and energized off that. And the other thing about the other thing about the time we live in too, and I'm glad you mentioned that, right? You know, marketing used to be, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, budget hogs of most corporations before social media, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it. With social media now, man, you, you I, I, during the pandemic, I know a lot of people, especially fitness people, black people, that started meal preps, you know, stuff like that. You know, little mm-hmm. restaurant business, little side cooking businesses, you know, mm-hmm. um, the Cage Chef, you know, um, Kitchen Cray. All these little mm-hmm. businesses have come up that are black owned, man. And one of the best ways to market them, man, is social media. You know, yeah. you just, <clears throat> excuse me. Bless. You did, you, thank you. You just shouted out a couple people. It don't take nothing, but, you know, again, in our community, though, sometimes people, well, you know, I ain't going to promote somebody, I ain't getting paid. Well, you know, if somebody's starting out, it ain't like you. I, I can see if you say that if, if you are out there promoting Gucci. Gucci is a multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar company, right? A multi-billion right. dollar company. And you giving them free shout outs, then that, that's on you. I would say, okay, Gucci need to pay me some money if they're going, if they, you know, I'm going to shout them out. But if you got somebody like, there's one young lady uh, on Instagram, um, 
named Kelly Leonard. She has she has a meal prep service called Kel's Kitchen. She's a fitness chick. You know, she's a teacher and also does the Kel's Kitchen on the side. You know, um, she's got her own business. I mean, ain't no problem with nobody shouting that out. Ain't no problem with nobody shouting out, you know, like your man you talked about with the hoodies. You know, I mean, especially when people first start out, that's the that's one of the biggest ways I think we can build up our community is just shouting them people out. You know, just, shouting out I, them people it, out on, on social media. It's even just if, how I'm built, though. It's just how I'm built. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just built that way. I don't, you know, like, I, I understand that it's about business because when I was coming up with my design for my logo and all this stuff, mm-hmm. my man was like, man, you know, you got to charge for this. You got to charge for that. And you got, I'm, I'm just like, but I hear you. I said, but I'm not, I never even started my platform to, to make money. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't the goal. The goal was just to Reach get started. People. Yeah, to just you know get my content out there, and now I'm five years in, and I've and I've pushed a couple marketing things, and I've you know done some stuff. I think you know that has impacted you know somewhat of my community and abroad because I was just doing a a yearly um a year in review uh mm-hmm. for 2021 mm-hmm. um with Spotify. And I was reading through some of the stuff that they, you know, collected from my podcast. And I'm I'm sitting there dumbfounded, like, what? Right. Like, in 2021, I added 65 new listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? They was like, I opened up to three more countries that people are listening to me. And one of them is Nigeria. I'm right. like, what? Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, you just never understand your impact unless you go back and, you know, get back to basics. Like, I understand that if I buy something from somebody and I free advertise for them, I'm not getting paid for it. But when you, you think about it, I am because I'm helping this man out. Right. That's, right. that's me paying it back, paying it forward to him, mm-hmm. helping him get money. And you just never know. Sometimes you get surprise gifts in the mail. You, you go to the mailbox, you get a package. You're like, I ain't order nothing. You open it up. Bam. It's something free for your man. Hey, I appreciate the lookout. You just ne- you you just never know. You know what I'm saying? How you help people. So I, I don't know. I just always been somebody that wanted to, you know, help out. I mean, even when I was in the streets and I didn't necessarily do everything the right way, but if I knew somebody, you know, you know, um electric about to get cut off, they can't feed their kids, hey, here, here you go. I ain't even gonna think about it. Here you go. Here you go. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I mean it's a lot of stuff that we could be getting back to. That I wish we would, and I think eventually we can. But I just felt like, you know, the more that we build typing and the more we um, network with other nonprofits that's kind of doing some of the same stuff that we're doing, and even other, you know, things for the community, I think that'd be a good impact to help other people because we got a lot of, I mean, out of the three um, founders that we have, myself and my other two men, um, the, the resources that we have in our circle is unbelievable now that we like gotten to this point and we write down people that we know and what they do. I mean, we have a, uh, an enormous amount of resources in our community that we can reach out to and impact, you know, my brother, my sister, they got, they both got class A CDLs. Okay. We can do a class and help people how to, how to learn how to drive trucks. We know people that got HVAC, you know, experience. We know mm-hmm. people that know how to install cable. It's so much money to be made out here, but we just got to be able to reach the people. And we're at the point now we want to go, you know, like elementary to middle school. Right. And start there mm-hmm. versus starting at high school. Now, we don't want to shy away from high school, but I, we think we, we do a bigger impact, you know, because the brain is still impressionable. And if we yep. can show them that there's a different way versus stepping out and going down the wrong path, then we, 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 we win. So, I mean, I just feel like, man, you know, I think that giving back, volunteering, 
um, is, is one of the biggest ways because I know how it made me feel. We just did a drive with my man, um, Chef um, Keyshawn Winston. And, you know, my, my last episode was me kind of letting him share his story. And when he said it, I mean, he 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 said that he was homeless for two years. I was like, what? He was like, man, Kevin, I slept in a park in Montgomery County for two years. Yeah. I was like, what? He was like, yeah. I mean, and I knew and I knew Keyshawn went to junior high school with him and never would imagine when I saw him that day that he went through that. And then he, you know, shared how, you know, mom Dukes wasn't, you know, didn't do the right thing. You know, looked at her men more than she looked at her, like, at her son. I mean, it's just to see what he had now compared to what he started. I'm like, wow. So it's so many people that can be relatable to these kids. Mm-hmm. If they just had an opportunity to reach them. And I think the reach is us and yourself, our own little platforms and people just dialing in because everybody is interested in something. Right. Just because you don't think somebody's listening to you, Troy, somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. Like your first, like when I heard when you, when you sent me the, um, the first episode with you and the OG, I was like, damn, okay. The OG was spitting out some knowledge Wasn't and it? I don't mind getting that. Wasn't and it's it? somebody else that's going to get that. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the ways, I mean, now that social media is the way, I think we can start our own little platforms and use social media to put out our own, you know, way of impacting the community, if that makes sense. Right. And that's one of the, that's one of the, 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 the joys. I think there's, 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 there's joys and also sadness of social media. You know, we all know what the sadness of social media is and how social media can be just so awful a lot of times. But there's also joy, man. People... You know, can advertise a business. People can, you know, put yes. out there what they went through and, and inspire right. people. You know, you, you, man, it's funny because, you know, on IG, I put out a scripture every morning, right? Yeah. Every morning, like clockwork, I put a scripture out, right? And it's yeah. such it's such a lot of people. I get people because I, I, when I post it, I post it on IG and I also tag it to go to Twitter and Facebook. So every now yeah. and then I'll check Facebook and I'll see a lot of people will either comment on the scripture itself, like say amen, or a lot of people like it. And it's yeah. funny because... You know, um, I just do it every day. I wasn't looking for fame. I'm not looking for fame with that. I'm just looking to reach somebody that doesn't know the Bible. Mm-hmm. That that scripture might they may touch their heart, or somebody mm-hmm. that's going through something. That scripture might they might touch their heart, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, I picked up Ed Reed. You know, Ed Reed, the the the, the Hall of Fame safety from the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. He follows me on Instagram, and every now and then he will give me an amen. He, he, every you know when I post my scriptures, he'll put out there you know he'll put a like on it. And when he used to DJ, he, every now and then he go on IG live and DJ, right? And he'll come in, and I'll go in there and say, "What's up, Hall of Famer?" He say, "Oh, my man Troy Sands, keep putting them scriptures out." So you don't know who you don't. your content, yep. and, and I'm yep. not saying that as a brag or a plug or try to nah. name drop. We all people. We all right. want to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? But it's just you don't know who that thing will affect yep. in what way and what profound way because somebody could be going through something like with this podcast. All the content that we talked about on here, some people may like it, some people may not, some people may find inspiration from it, some people may say, damn, let me listen to see what else content, you know, the sixth man, you know, got on his content or what true or my thing is this true, got on his content and see what's right. going on. Because I'm not getting on here just talking about my thing is this, just to criticize the world or make light of the world. You know, I just talk about what's going on in the world and to get my perspective on it. Like with the whole situation we talked about with Frederick County Public Schools, you know, there's solutions out there for that. You fix that so that you don't, 
allow your school teachers and your administrators to abuse the seclusion room. I mean, right. one of the one of the things that came out of that that was interesting was as a parent, and I serve it at our church special needs ministry, right? And yeah. we used to do before the pandemic a thing called Buddy Break. And Buddy Break is a national program. Buddy Break actually started with a lady named Marie Cuck and her husband. And they started out in churches down in Florida. You probably heard about it since you've been down there because it's pretty much, I mean, they started in Florida. It's called Buddy Break. And the concept of it is, is to basically provide, it's like one week in a month, provide parents with special needs children a place where they can drop their kids off for like four hours to let their hair down, to go run errands, to just take a break. Oh, okay. It's a respite program. And so okay. at our church, we used to do that. We do that every fourth Saturday of the month. Well, up until the pandemic hit, you know, we would have parents drop their kids off and we would be, you know, myself, my wife, you know, a bunch of other volunteers from the ministry would be their buddies to the children. And we do activities. We do Bible, you know, because it's church. Our activities are Bible class, Bible, Bible studies, you know, Bible classes or Bible activities. A lot of fun activity to get to play. We feed them. We do all those things with those children to get those parents that break, man. And, and when you hear, and one of the things, and the reason why I'm talking about this, Kevin, let me back up. The reason why I'm talking about this, because one of the things I read in the article about Frederick County Public Schools was they were taking children with autism that were what they call elope. So in the, aut- in the disability world or in the autism world, elope means it's not what you think like in the real world where people go off and get married. The runaway part, the runaway and go get married part, the runaway part is a part of what eloping is in the disability world. Basically, eloping is you got children out there that run away or wander, you know, because mm. of their disability causes them to do right. that. They run away right. and, they call, and they call it eloping. So okay. one of the things that was in that article that the DOJ found out was that the children with autism that were elopers or wanderers, they would just take that seclusion room and stick them in it when they wandered. Mm. So my thing is this. Once again, my thing is this podcast. My thing is this. You got to put stuff in place to monitor your kids that you know that are wanderers. Like young right. man up in New York that disappeared, walked out of an a, a actual specialty school for children with disabilities and disappeared. And, end up, and they, end up, they, they end up finding him dead. But there should have been stuff like, in a school like that, you should have alarms on your doors that every right. time a student goes out I the agree. door, it sets off an right. alarm. So right. for you to take wanderers and stick them in a secluded room because they wander, that's ridiculous. You know that these kids wander. They should have even if you got kids that have that are wanderers or elopers, right? First of all, in their IEP, they should have a dedicated aide. And the dedicated aide should be with them all the time to stop them from wandering. But instead, you allowed, you don't, the school system probably didn't allow for a, de, a dedicated aide, right? Or didn't think it was necessary. And now they got kids that wander. And their solution for that is to stick them in the seclusion room because they wander. Come on, man. And and, and watch this, though, but he go even deeper, though. And, I mean, this might end up being another conversation as well, but then, okay, they leave school grounds. They they end up having a a, 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 a breakdown. The police show up. Guess what happens? Yep. Now that child is dead. Yep. yep. Because you don't know that that child has, had, has special needs. So it's, it's, it's always a deeper, a deeper perspective in terms of, you know, putting things in place versus not putting them in place and then, something long-term happens like it is it, that's popping up a lot police mm-hmm. pulling up on the scene family members telling the police hey he's having an episode he's this this and this but the police officer still ends up shooting that person like come like come on man like right. like you say training 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 you know mm-hmm. then you know putting something in place 
So, you know, something detrimental doesn't happen later. But, you know, it's just so much. It's just so much to try to unpack, man. That's why, again, I try to just, I don't know, I just try to do my thing the way I do it, you know, best way I know how. And, you know, even like I um, mentioned to a friend of mine one time, it's people that follow me that don't even like me. Mm-hmm. I said, but the thing about it is I'm saying something that's making them follow me, though. Right. Right. They don't like me. They don't like what I say. But guess what? They know everything that I'm talking about. Why is that? I know. Right. I know. Right. And that's the and that's the and that's the oxymoron of social media. Right. So you got people out there that don't like people, but they still follow them anyway. So they can yeah. comment on what they're talking about, yeah. get their little opinion in or whatever the case may be and so on and so forth. Um, and so, yeah. So from time to time, we I mean, you know, some people we all do it from time to time where we may like I know I, I, I'll confess. I don't like a lot of what Stephen A. Smith says. But I still follow him on Instagram, and the only reason why I follow him is just to see what he's gonna say next. And I probably that's probably counterproductive to you know what my thought process is um, and whatnot. But you know it. it, it but does Stephen happen. A will share information that exactly at times, right? Exactly, and he will you have know, those especially moments about contracts or mm-hmm. you know stuff that we don't know because he's an insider, right? So he and knows so some things that we don't know, and there are some nuggets that he will drop, like when he yeah. came to the church, right? He came to the church. He was like, stay off the weed. And he wasn't saying it as if to say, that's that's the problem with young black athletes. Da, 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 da. He was saying it because if you smoke weed and it doesn't and it's not allowed by the league, be prepared to suffer the consequences for it. So why would you, if you, if you like to smoke weed and you know in your contract that you can't smoke weed, right? And you coming up for a brand new contract and you could get caught. You could lose millions and millions of dollars because yeah. you're smoking weed. Even if you get caught by the league and you got your fat contract, some people that endorse you may drop you. I'm going to have to take a break <laughs> during the season. <laughs> you, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Gonna, I'm going to have to take a break. Exactly. Yeah, I need so until, until the league itself says marijuana is taken off their ban list, then don't do it. And if you're going to do it and you, you think you can dodge it, then that's a chance you take, but be willing to stand up to the consequences when it does happen when you get caught. That's true. That's that's and that's the thing. So, you that's know. True. But listen, bro, we've been on here for a minute. I really, really appreciate you, man. Shout out to you, much love. Hey, is there anything you got? Anything coming up you want to plug while you on here, bro? Um, so not not necessarily anything coming up specifically, but I know you know. Again, we're still working on. Um, everything with Type Inc., you know, making sure um, we're, we're all buttoned up from the paperwork standpoint. We're also working on a summer youth program in D.C., so we're working on that. Um, I, I'm actually going to be recording tonight with a group of um, educators and just talking about, you know, um, you know, the educational system and teachers in the pandemic. Because I've been hearing a lot of stories, even with this shooting, you know, in this school mm-hmm. and things of that nature that a lot of people don't know what a lot of these teachers are going through. So I got a panel of about seven teachers and um, educators and also a um, professional therapist. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a discussion tonight um, in regards to, you know, just education and um, and the, during the pandemic, just kind of talking about that. But right. other than that, that's it. You Are you are you recording that tonight or is that going to be on Clubhouse? Where is it going to be? Yeah. So um, if if you I think I think, Troy, I think you are a member of the group. If you are a member of the group, I created a room in the group. So that way the panel can be heard from anybody in our group, which is private. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually record the conversation and put it on the um, podcast platform. So anybody can hear the replay um, that doesn't get to hear it tonight. Right. So you so you so you're going to do it on Clubhouse, right? I'm going to do it um, in the group. 
Okay. In, in the in, in in the group on Facebook, oh, okay. but I created a room in the group because okay. a lot of people in our group aren't necessarily hip to Clubhouse just yet. Gotcha. So I'm trying to meet them where they are. So gotcha. I'm gonna I create I created a room inside the Facebook group, the private group, so that way we can do it there, and then I'll record it, and then once I record it and get it all down, then I'll put it on the um, podcast platform so everybody can hear the replay. Gotcha. And what time they're kicking off tonight? Six. Uh, six o'clock. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm gonna try to get on there and, and um, see if I can get in. I, I haven't joined that group, but I'm gonna definitely join the, the private group. So if you see a pop up for me trying to join, hook me up, bro. <laughs> okay, I got you. No problem. Hey, is, 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 there, is there any businesses out there, um, black owned businesses out there, you want to shout out before we get off? Um, black owned businesses. Uh, I would say great, great clothing. Um, Japarius clothing. Um, Love more brand. Um, high level clothing, um, chef Keyshawn Winston. Um, oh man, there's so many that I could think about in my head, man. Um, wow, it's so many, man. Just, but also there is a, there is a app. It's called, it's called Black B L A P P. I, I got this that app. app. Okay, this app provides you with all black-owned businesses in your area. Haircuts, um, home and health products, all of that. I would suggest anybody that's looking to um, help with, you know, keeping the money in the black community to download that app in their, you know, local communities. Put in your um, your, your zip code right. and try to figure out, you know, all the black-owned businesses in your neighborhood. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. The, the, for those out there listening, it's called, the, the app is called Blap. It's, called, it's spelled B-L-A-P-P. It's available yep. on uh, if you got a if you got an iPhone. It's available on the App Store, and yeah, I'm mm-hmm. on it right now. As a matter of fact, I got it's showing right now for where I'm at. 17 black-owned businesses in my area, in the Mitchellville, Glenarden, Woodmore area, um, and it gives you opportunities to look for books, boots, shoes, clothing for women, skincare, hair care, you know, merchandise, art. It covers a whole plethora of businesses: uh, uh, clothes mm-hmm. for men, yep. um, clothes for women. Drinks, yep. food, hair care, jewelry, skincare. Yep. Um, it's got those are the products and the services. You can find accountants, attorneys, barbers, dentists, all that financial yep. services, therapists. Yep. Therapists, you know, we need therapists. You Absolutely. know, care, skincare, hairstylists, florists, real estate agents. So this app is called Black B L A P P. So check it out when you get the opportunity, you get the chance. So we're gonna sure. wrap up here, man. Okay. On my thing is this podcast. I want to thank my brother Kevin Williams. Give a shout out. Plug your uh, plug your uh, podcast again for me, bro. Uh, podcast is Real Talk with the Six Man. I'm actually on uh, IG. I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter. Um, uh, I'm on YouTube as well. Real Talk Six Man on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to you know be a part of the positive impact out here. Right. So for those that don't know, when you go to, if you search for it, it's Real Talk for the Sixth Man. It's T H E, the letter, the number six, T H man. Because some people may put in there the six and spell it out, but it's the six with the number and the T H. It's Real Talk with the Sixth Man. My brother, yeah, Kevin it's, Williams. It's, it's, the, the, the number, the number is very special because the six for the Sixth Man is where I grew up on Sixth Street in Southeast. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I want to. Once again, extend my love and shout out my man, Kevin Williams, for joining me for this podcast today. We covered a lot of content. Uh, thank him for putting me on his. 
And I look forward to doing future podcasts with this brother, man. And anything, any information you want me to plug, man, you know where to hit me. Shout it out. I can shout it out. Um, and I look forward to doing some stuff with you in the future, my brother. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right, brother. So this is the week of week ending December the 5th. 2021. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Thank you for joining me on My Thing Is This podcast, and we are out. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. Be sure to tune in next week. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. And remember, the next time somebody says something suspect, well, tell them my thing is this, because your opinion matters. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Have a blessed week. And we are out.